Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew Gunn. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. But in saying that, the Raiders looking good because, look, we've got the Storm Raiders. Really interesting. So the Storm opened the match essentially front-loading their forward pack. They bring on Cheese. They start Kamika. Kamitha. Kamitha? Uh, Nelson moves to the edge. And I thought, that's really interesting. I wonder whether that's a sign of Bellamy is aware of how incredible the Raiders pack is or I wonder whether it's... Bellamy saying, I just want to win this first 20 and then hopefully we just, you know, push them off the park, blow them off the park. Um, but to be honest, they came out, they did probably dominate that first 10 to 20 and the Raiders just hung on, hung on, hung on. And the Raiders get an incredible win away at the Storm. Yeah, incredible by the Raiders. They obviously scored the first try. Um, who was it? Matty Tomoko. He went down the right edge and he put of the great palms on Cam Munster. Oh, yeah. That was unbelievable. Obviously, that play was started by uh, Joey Tapanay going into contact, finding Jack, a great little play there. And <coughs> then the momentum just turned completely. The Melbourne Storm had a set where they had an offload. I think they got a penalty off the back of it. They forced a line drop out. And then you had um, Xavier Coates. What about Coates, the poor bastard? Scored three tries and his season finished. I don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they, he scored his first try, and then Jerome Hughes put in that pinpoint kick to him as well, which was unbelievable. And at that point, I sort of thought, ah, oh, in Melbourne, the momentum's completely turned here. The Raiders are going to do very well to wrestle this back in. Incredible that they got themselves back into it, let alone won by more than a score. Yeah. And, like, that were, was twenty down 20 to 16 with, like, 10 to go or something? Something along those lines, yeah. Uh, it was, and, like, that that try that, that really got them back into yeah, it. Yeah, 15 the, to go. The Jamal Fogarty one off the scrum, like obviously Nick Mooney playing out of position sort of got picked out a little bit in this game. But I mean, I said the other week, and I think that's the softest try the Melbourne Storm have ever conceded in finals footy. Yeah, in finals footy. It was, it was, uh, nothing yeah, comes to mind. We'll, it was worse. We'll no. talk about Storm first, and um, they're like to, just to think that they're out 
first week of the finals. And what's also something that will probably get lost in the noise is like if they beat the Eels, they finish fourth and they get another crack. Yep. So this is loss-loss. Um, yeah, well, it's essentially two sudden-death games they've lost in a yeah, row. Yeah, in a row. Uh, just unfortunately, and I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't take any you know, happiness in saying this, but I really think that, that when, we, when we spoke about the dynamic nature of their forward pack, I just don't think they had the same dynamic forward pack across the board that the, the, the Raiders did. They had Nelson on an edge, who was destructive. Seriously, he is just... You almost got to keep him there, in my opinion. He is just so hard to handle. Um, then you had Cheese in the middle. But, like, outside of that, I just don't know if they have that explosive nature the same as, you know, you're dealing with the front row pairing of Tarpanair and uh, Papali'i. is just... It's super explosive. It's super mobile. Um, then you've got, obviously, Hudson Young. Uh, you've got Adam Elliott... And so I just wonder with the Storm, they haven't really recruited that much in the middle. I'm, I'm just not sure what's going to happen next year for the club. And I, I, again, before the game, I said I was worried about their, their forward pack and just see if they were young and mobile enough. And I think that at times they did get a little bit outdone by the young explosive Tarpanet, young Papali'i. And I mean, you have a look at the team they're going to run out with in round one next year. Based on that game on the weekend, they're going to be without Jesse Bromwich, their front rower, <coughs> Felice Kafusi, Kenny Bromwich, Brandon Smith. Yeah. Crazy, man. And, uh, I mean, who comes to mind for you that's going to be the young guys that are going to step up into those roles? I honestly got no idea. I, I, you I, got Tariq Sims coming down there. He'll fill a role, but he's not this. He's not the guy that's going to turn the tide against a Tapanea Papaliti. And the, the reality is a lot of teams have players like them. Maybe not as good. Mm. But every team has those explosive sort of guys. And Melbourne have Nass. There's no doubt about that. They will get Christian Walsh back, which will help. He was sorely missed. So I, oh, I, massive, yeah. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to give um, Storm their due. Like, they didn't get talked about enough much. Well, did to a degree. But, like, the loss of Christian Walsh and also the loss of Remus Smith, the Jennings loss, yep. the 15 injury, Pappenhausen lost. Yep. So it's not, it's not uh, I guess panic stations as a club or anything uh, because they did go through so, so much this year. But I agree, man, I'm just a bit concerned about their forward pack. And I mean, like, every year we get to the end of the season and we go, okay, they've unearthed Nico Hines. He's going to be the next superstar. Ryan Pappenhausen, Scott Drinkwater. Who have they found this year? Mm. I mean, we haven't haven't really seen anyone that's come and burst onto the scene. They've got (coughs) young Jack Howarth who... I think credit to the Melbourne Storm and something that I didn't really think about in the preseason, but talking to one of their guys the other day, like because of COVID, Howarth, this was his first ever season playing against men. Uh, okay. So they've kept him in reserve grade all year to give him that opportunity to actually play against grown men. And right, the control of the Melbourne Storm not to pick him at any point this year just to see what happens. Yeah. V- very impressive. But, you know, he'll come in, but he still hasn't played a game of first grade yet. Mm. Uh, it's yeah, I don't know how it's going to play out. Just on Nelson, mate. I understand bringing him in, playing on edge. He's so destructive. Me personally, I could not believe they put him up against Jack White and Hudson Young. I would have put him on the other side against Whitehead and Jamal Fogarty. Mm. Fogarty's the guy to go to in that Canberra Raiders defensive line, in my opinion. I reckon he would have been stoked when he saw Nassas on the other side of the field. Yeah, it was interesting because like Hudson Young and and uh, White, like they're two of the most aggressive edges in the comp. Yeah. Um, and like granted, you know, he still stats, he still went really well. Yeah, they, like like on stats, I think those two combined for about eleven missed tackles or whatever. Mm. 
But at no point did I really think, oh, okay, Nass being there has got the better of these two. Mm. Like Hudson Young loved it. Yeah, he did love it. He did love it. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I don't know where I stand with the Storm because it's like, is it is it a lack of depth in the forward pack or is it the fact that they were missing, what, four or five of their starters? So Papenhausen, Jennings, Smith, uh, Welsh. Yeah. That's four. Who else were they missing? No, I think is, – is that it? Is there who else? Probably missing someone. But anyway, so you, four starters, pretty rough, pretty rough. Like, for example, if you're the Raiders and you take out, um, you know, who would be the equivalent? You take out Papa Lee, you take out um, Chris. I mean, they're not as – it's hard. It's, there's no one for it's one. It's hard because it's not like for Yeah, it's not like for like. Teams, but it's still – Massive outs for the Melbourne Storm, no doubt about it. But I and I, I understand where you're coming from. They had those guys out, or are they lacking forward depth? I do. I, I like if you said to me, gave me a, a piece of paper and, and gave me 20 opportunities to write down what the Melbourne Storm pack would look like round one next year. There's a good chance I don't get it right on any of them. Yeah, I don't. I've I don't no know. No idea what it's going to look like. I don't know. And I, I was watching a little bit of the Falcons game yesterday. I think they've got they've got mm. a, a big front row that came off the bench, but I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, there's no, you know, for example, with the Panthers, you could go, okay, well, Spencer Lino, like long term, Spencer Lino is going to take over that role of, of Fisher Harris. Um, whereas I look, yeah, the Storm, I'm just a bit concerned in regards to. And like, you even have a look at their bench. Like, they had Chris Lewis and is it is it Trent Liero? Liero, Liero. They played 17 and 14 minutes mm. in that game. Like, that sort of says to me that Craig Bellamy's not convinced. These are the guys to step into big eighty-minute roles next mm. year, either. Um, but I personally think mm. the loss of Brandon Smith is going to be massive. Mm. It's going to be huge. You, you obviously you lose his momentum and everything, but if Harry Grant goes down at any point, which Harry Grant unfortunately has shown throughout his early career that he can go down with an injury, it's going to leave a huge hole at nine as well. Mm. So just for reference, Eisenhuth, Iremia, George Jennings, Papenhausen, Rima Smith, and Christian Welsh. We're all like out for the year. Yeah, like I'm probably looking at Eisenhuth as a starting back role for them next year. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the uh, – I, I just don't know where I stand. I really don't. Like the Storm like, – because the thing is, even if they had those players in, do they take it to the best teams? Like would they still win a premiership? Because that's what they're in the business of, winning yep. premierships. They're not in the business of, you know, going to the prelim or whatever. Um, I mean, look, they probably do. Pappenhausen's absolutely gigantic, like such a big loss for them. Um, yeah, so I'm unsure. Um, I, I just want to give credit where credit is due, and it's the, the injuries that um, we have. To, we have to say the amount of injuries they had. I also think just on this, like like Nelson, this year of him becoming the main guy. Next year, when Christian Walsh returns, he'll be the number one front row. Oh, I think Nelson's a better sort of number two. Personally, I, I think this year will do a lot for him moving forward because he, he has cut a lot of, you know, he's, he still has got errors in his game, but fuck, he's cut a lot out from the start of the year sort mm. of because he was forced to this season. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Christian Walsh is a massive, massive out and help. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, the Storm will do it. They always do do it. Now, we've got to speak about it. Meany at six. I don't know how I feel about this because I feel like Munster to fullback was the right call, but unfortunately, you know, Meany at six in defence, unfortunately it was a, a big, you could argue, a, a big player in, in how they played. What do you reckon? Would you reckon it was the wrong call and they should have put Munster at six? Oh, I mean... Because that would mean we're wrong? Or? 
Yeah, I don't know. It's as much like I said it weeks ago that Cam Munster had to move to one, and I think they needed to do it to be a chance in this competition, considering all their injuries. But and fair enough, everyone said the next question was, but who the hell is going to play six? Mm. Um, I probably wouldn't have gone for Nick Meaney at six. I probably would have gone for Cooper Johns, but I also I don't think that solves the problem that they had on the weekend. Mm. Um, and this, you know, we come back to it once again. You think over the last few years, you know, they could have played Heinz there, they could have played Drinky. They just don't have that next absolute superstar um, coming through. So, I don't know. I, I I think it's easy to say it was a mistake, but I also just don't think the Melbourne Storm would have got close to where they have got to this year if they wouldn't have moved Munster to fullback a few weeks ago. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's easy to say after this game, oh, and it was, you know, you shouldn't have moved Munster there. But I don't think anyone could have foreseen that, that Meany would struggle as much as he did in yeah. this game, specifically in defence. Like... It hasn't been an issue the last few weeks. Um, so I, I still believe the Munster to fullback was the right decision. I, I really do. Um, they, they just needed that energy at the back there. Otherwise, where would they get their spark from? And as well, you know, credit to the Canberra Raiders. Nick Meany still made 25. Yeah. Oh, they seven. targeted him. They so targeted like, him. It was 32 times they went at him. Um, Whereas you look at Jerome Hughes, he made 15 and missed one. Mm. Like, credit to the Canberra as they came. And I, I thought that play that Elliot Whitehead scored off was just perfect. Where Tapanay, yeah, they just everything lined up perfectly for them on that play. Mm. And it sounds so easy to, you know, have a two man to get on the inside shoulder of your halfback. But teams are trying to do that every single week and not able to pull it off. Yeah. So credit to them. And yeah, tough night for Nick Meaney. Um, but I think we all agree he's not a 5'8", mm. but I just think he was the best 5'8 for the situation. Yeah. One one area I think the Storm, um, I guess, like I, I feel like I have to constantly um, disclaimer each thing because of the injuries, but let's just say I acknowledge injur- injuries exist. But like when you look at their kick meters, 196 Munster, 140 Hughes. And I know I compare that to, to the, the Heinz's. I compare that to the Townsend's. I compare that to um, the Cleary's. I wonder whether, you know, even Jamar Fogarty and uh, Whiten essentially doubled, maybe even tripled their numbers. They, they got up to, we'll just call it even, 600 together. Whereas, um, you know, you're looking at, 300 basically 340 for the storm so you're basically you're nearly doubling and i wonder like is that a concern for them going forward do they do they need to work on the kicking game long kicking game a little bit um and look munster is is uh we know how good munster is he there's really no weakness in his game but is the game heading in that direction where you need at least one guy that can kick long and kick well yeah, and I think it's one thing that, you know, like I'm one of the biggest Jerome Hughes fans, so are you. Mm. But I think it is probably the one thing, if you had to pick something in Jerome Hughes's game that you would look to improve, it probably is his long kicking yeah. game as well. But I, look, I'd argue in his defence, his running game is better than any other seven 100%. in the comp. Yep. So there's there's areas where he's better, but I agree. I think that, you know, us, we're judging the storm by winning comps, not not by getting bounced out of the first week. Of it. So you might sit there and go, are you serious, like questioning Hughes and Munster? But we're saying, like, we want them winning comps. Like, this is a this is a premiership winning team. Um, but that's that's a big concern for me, the fact that they could kick for so little. And then you go and look at, you know, Cleary and he's kicked for 600. Hines is kicked for 700. Um, that's something that they can definitely – it would definitely help their game. Another issue is their completion rate, 70% completion. 
Very un, un well. I mean, it's not it's not unstorm like because the new storm is different to the pre 2016 17 storm. But again, if you want to win finals matches, you've got to be up at least in the 75 to 80. At least. Yeah, it's crazy how much this year we've found ourselves using the word un-Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's just been one of those seasons. Yeah. And, <laughs> mate, even now sitting here, I'm hesitant to say. I feel, I feel weird. That's why I keep, yeah. you know, disclaimering because I'm just like, yeah, but the injuries and we're talking about the storm here, you fucking idiot. Like, it's the storm. But we have to call a spade a spade. Like, you know, a few six what was it six weeks ago we were about i don't know i think the storm might be out they came back they fought back and and put some big big games on and then had a few people saying you guys are wrong they're back they're back and we were like you know what yeah they are back but i think i think that pappenhausen going down was kind of like the final straw for them yeah i just yeah i I never thought they were gonna once that i never thought they were gonna win the comp Mm. but i definitely thought they'd win this game yeah yeah, I mean, I, t- I tipped him to, do, to win this game, but it was almost like 50-50 for me because of the Raiders run. Um, so, look, we're talking about the Melbourne Storm here. Yeah, extremely disappointing year. Extremely disappointing year. But I still have them as a premiership threat next year. Like, they haven't dropped any further down in my rankings of teams because of this season. I, I, I do chalk a lot of what happened up to the fact that they had the most injuries of any team in the competition. Um, one little concern is recruitment at the moment. But outside of that, I still think that they are one of the, the heavyweights of the competition. Yeah, and I also think it will be interesting, like as far as recruitment and everything goes, like you've – it'll be interesting to see well, once November 1st comes and guys and different guys are negotiating and then you've got this World Cup <coughs> where you've got all these players getting together from different clubs and everything. It'll be interesting to see the dominoes that do fall over this off-season. Mm. Yeah, and like, you know, you'd say Munster's going to be sorted before the, off, the start of the next season, so – uh-oh. Uh oh. Um, now on to the Raiders. Ricky's Raiders, the milk. Look, I said they their, their season had turned around mid year, but I did not see this coming because, as I we spoke about earlier in the uh, earlier this episode, although it is a, still a long shot, they're no longer a team making up numbers. You know, I think two weeks ago a lot of people felt the Raiders were uh, un, they're making up the numbers in the eight. I think you'd be crazy to say they're making up the numbers now. I really do now. Are they the favourite to win the comp? No, but they they are a threat. They are an absolute threat um, to any team they play, uh, and they're on the side of the draw with winnable games. Yeah, <laughs> mate. I'm looking at the four teams that are going to be playing this weekend coming. I think the Raiders are the last team I want to play. I think there's arguably the three other teams have been better all year, but I just this Raiders team, I just. They're so hard to handle. Like, how on earth do you stop those middles? Then you've got guys with Whitehead and Hudson Young and Adam Elliott. Every single one of their forwards has got leg speed. They can all pass. They can all offload. And I think the scariest thing is that I think they've all realised how good they are as well. Yeah, confident. They're just starting to believe again that they're the forward pack that we all thought they were. And then they've got Jack who, you know, he can beat any team on his own on any given week. And then Fogarty, you, you just you know what you're going to get every single week out of Fogarty, and he's just the compass that they need. He's not a superstar. He's not going to blow you away with a Nathan Cleary or a Hines performance. But similar to like a Chad Townsend, he's just going to get his kicks right every time. He's going to get them to the right spots. I don't know. I've just got a feeling at the moment that the Raiders, they're not going to beat themselves. Mm. Whereas previously, well, this entire year, it's sort of been like you're waiting for the Raiders to beat themselves. Yeah, just to fall apart in the second yeah. half or something like that. They're yeah, they're the mate. I I reckon they're a real like they're two dollars sixty against Parramatta this week. I reckon that's great value mm. for a team playing with house money that's confident. 
With nothing to lose, nothing everyone's to against lose. us. Everyone's against them. Like they this is already a big win for a season. I think Raiders fans would be happy if they like, you know. Like, how much pressure's on Parramatta this week? Oh, mate, and also we don't know if Mitch Moses is playing. Like, I, I honestly think coming into this game, this is exactly where the Canberra Raiders want to be, and it's the last fucking spot in the world Parramatta want to be. It's uh oh man, it, like I just. What a thrilling ride, Raiders fans. What a thrilling ride. Like, how enjoyable to see this dark horse just rise up out of nowhere, go on a crazy run. History has to be made for them to make the eight. Then they go down to Melbourne and become the first team ever to beat them five in a row down at Melbourne. Uh, no, I think the, the biggest run outside of that was, like, Bulldogs, like, three in a row or something like that. Um, they've now beaten them five times in a row down at Melbourne. Uh, Tarpanair, for me is just he's more than just the most complete front row I've ever seen because if you need him to do the hard work he'll do the hard work he'll run it straight hard he'll get to his front and play the ball if you need to get through a bunch of tackles he'll do that if you need him to ball play he'll do that if you need him to break a game completely open that usually is reserved for outside backs and maybe wide running forwards he can do that he's one of the most he has got the most weapons I'm, I might like have seen in a long time as a front rower. Now, that's not saying he's the best front row I've seen ever. What I'm saying is, is I can't remember a front rower that has this many weapons. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think like, you know, maybe Papali'i in his, in his prime, maybe a junior polo in his prime. But again, I just don't know whether they had this kind of agility that he has, the way he can move across the field. He is absolutely incredible. And the, the Raiders should be... I don't think they've locked him up officially yet. They should be locking him up for five years. For sure. And, you know, I, I remember sitting here probably two, year, two years ago and thinking, is Josh Papaliti going to be, you know, in the top two front rows of the Canberra's ever? It's Glenn Lazarus and waiting for someone to jump in. And probably 18 months ago, I thought, you know what, it's Josh Papaliti. He's the guy. Mm. Are you looking at Tafanay now? If he keeps doing what he's doing. Oh, if he keeps doing it. Years. If he does this for another four or five years. <laughs> Holy shit. And that's the scary thing. Like, he started as this explosive edge player that could do all these things, a little bit inconsistent. Josh was exactly the same. Mm. Guess where he came from? Newcastle. Yeah, Tapanay, he did too, yeah. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Newly fans, that did just... I forgot about that, yeah. Fuck. That hurts. That hurts heaps. Um, uh, you're right, by the way. November 1, he can start talking. Yeah. There'll be dominoes to be four. four do, do you agree good. in regards to weapons? Like, I'm, I'm not saying he's the greatest front row I've ever seen, and I'm not saying ever, but in recent memory, just the amount of things he can do. Yeah, when, when you first said it, I was, I was thinking in my head going, oh, there must be someone better, but I've been thinking about it for a couple of minutes now, and I can't Just really... like the, the range of weapons. Yeah. And I think as well, like, the front row position has changed a lot over the last 15 <coughs> years. Like, mm. you look back to, and, like, this is with all due respect to them, but the game has changed so much. Like, the skill set that the average front rower has now, your Webkeys, your Sivan Sivas, these guys, like, they, they, they didn't come anywhere near Yeah, it. no. The game it was, is it was a different game yeah. then. The, ga- the game has improved so much. Like, the quality. Like, Tarpanair, he, he has the skill of almost a centre sometimes. But he's got the footwork of a centre sometimes. Like, you could play him on an edge and he would be just as at home there as he is in the front row. And also his strength. I can't believe, like, every time he runs the ball, I think, oh, 
he's he's a bit off balance here. He's going to get put on his back or he's going to get driven back, but he just never does. It's absolutely amazing. And look, yes, it is a short, I guess. I mean, he's been doing this for maybe, what, a year and a half now, I'd say. He's really picked up the pace this year. So he's got many, many years to be set in the same breath as the greats. There's, there's no denying that. But just in regards to if he can keep this standard, the world is his always like he can be whatever he wants to be. He, he can seriously go down as one of the better forwards we've seen. How old is he? I think he's 20, 28. So it's taken him a while to get here for sure. But, mate, he, he was the difference on the weekend. He was the difference. Like, Papali, he came back on in that second half and was amazing. But when the, the Raiders were under the pump and they couldn't, didn't seem like they were going to find points, all of a sudden, he just goes, boom, crazy offload in the middle of the field. White and goes up the middle. But then also, was, he was the guy that hit the, the whitehead ball, didn't he? Yes, it was, yeah. Like, that's ball playing a hooker does. Yep. Absolutely phenomenal. Seriously. And look, if he goes back next year and he just starts playing solid again, you know, it'll be one of the great little runs of form we've seen. Seriously, I just cannot remember a front rower with this many different weapons in the duffel bag. Yeah, and yeah, as we said, you know, the the, the game has changed so much over the last 10 or 15 years. And I think that, um, who, who would you say is the guy that sort of changed the mould? Would it, would it have been Payne Haas that first sort of started to... Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I, I remember the first time I ever spoke to you, you came on my podcast and we were talking about Payne Haas and he was doing things that we'd just never seen before. And we were sort of sitting there going, you know, we're never going to see another Payne Haas. And, you know, we then had a conversation about, like, he, at the moment, he's the only one we've seen, but more and more of these guys will start to follow. Yeah. And when you go back, like, like obviously, I, I watch a lot more junior football, you know, than, than most. But, like, you see, obviously... <laughs> Don't tell you that twice. Uh, but when you watch these young front rowers that are coming through now, like, mate, if you're a Shane Webke style front rower, good fucking luck. Really? So it's just it's not, not enough anymore. Yeah, it's okay, simply yeah, well. not. You have to be able to ball play. You have to have an offload. You have to have late footwork. See, that, I, that's, the, I guess, the one thing with pain that I would say that he probably ball playing isn't that great yet. Mm. I, I just think the thing that we never saw before with Payne House was a guy that's a giant like him with the motor that he has. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like even guys like Junior Paolo, Papali'i, like these guys have ball playing. Even now. guys that we don't talk about that that much as far as ball playing goes, like a uh, James Fisher Harris. If you would have dropped him in the game 15 years ago, that would have been like it would have been like, oh my god, what is he? Do- yeah. How has he got this skill set? Adam Fenor Blake's another one. AB, Great footwork yeah, can like, can ball play. There was just no like. There was a brief period in 2005 where the Tigers had a bit of ball playing in there. Yeah, and but that was didn't. small, though. That was small, very yeah. small. And, of course, you know, Payton. that year they made a signing of, of getting Todd Payton to come to the team. He's, well, he's a great <coughs> ball player forward in his day. And now you're seeing that come, starting to come into Tamalolo's game as well. But, yeah, it's Tapanay, he's... I'm hesitant to say it all the time, but he is doing stuff that we haven't really seen before. Yeah. And consistently. Yeah. Uh, again, we're talking just specifically about now in this form. We're not saying that, like, you know, put him in the same bracket as a Webkey or a Petro. Just saying, like, this year of footy, yep. as a front rower, you know, we don't see front rowers doing flick passes for a try assist and then also getting out, drawing it, making a, a three defender turn in and hitting short balls. Like, we just don't really see it that much and if you took him out of the game on the weekend in my opinion they 100% lose that oh no doubt no doubt name me enough like we saw Payne Haas come out of the Broncos team during the season 
wasn't really a huge drop off. Obviously, Pat Carrigan, we saw when him went out, there was a huge drop there. But and oh, he came back, and we still played. Poor. He still didn't improve out of sight. I, I think Tapano, he's would you say he's got the greatest influence on a football team as a front rower right now? Yeah, it's it's hard to say because I'm trying to think of games without Fisher Harris, but it'd be up there. Put it this way, it'd, it'd be yeah. up there. And I, I think that like the the broader audience of rugby league probably don't appreciate Tarpanair right now. Mm. I think it's like the the guys that are, you know, Raiders fans and guys like us that really watch rugby league, you know, we're sitting here going, Tarpanair is literally the form front row of the competition. Um, and and it's it's one of the, the great runs of form. It really is like, think about it. They made the eight. A lot of it was to do with Tarpanair's form. Yeah. Like it was to do with him playing really good footy. Um, and it's not like he's been playing good for half a year. He was the best player in the All-Stars game. Yeah, killed so he, it. Yeah. Yeah, he killed it. So it's what, what's really surprising is like it, it's come so late, 28, 27 years old. He's shown flashes of brilliance before. And maybe it's just the age-old thing of like front rowers usually take a while to mature. That's another thing for Payne Asset we were surprised at. He was like 19 years old and doing yeah, his shit exactly. in the front yeah, row. Yeah, that was fair. another yeah. thing. Um, so, yeah, incredible tap in there. Uh, outside of that, Papali'i's second stint was outstanding. Hudson Young, once again, the game's on the line. A play needs to be made. Boom. He, na- he absolutely nails it. That was not an easy put down. Matter of fact, it was a tough put down, even for a winger. And he got that put down. Yeah. Um, I loved his aggression. I loved the fact that every time Nelson got the ball, Hudson Young was somewhere in the vicinity sniffing for him. Didn't he just love that? Yeah. That challenge? Loved he it. He was just all for it. Just... He's got to be in the squad. I, I, I think he's locked in now. I locked can't say a world where they don't pick him. Do you think – because, like, I think Mel Meninger has come out and said it, that Sean Lane and Young were in the the the, uh, the mix. Yep. But he's only going to select one. Could you check that for me, please, Matty? Um, do you think that, you know, Lane being a little bit quiet on the weekend, Young playing really well, he's played himself into that front role? Well, I mean, they play each other this week. So. Oh, yeah. Are they on the same edge? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yes, they no, they're not. No, they're not opposite edges. Opposite edges. But still, I, I can guarantee you Hudson will be well and truly. He'll find he'll find a way to get Ooh, across there. Yes, um, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be Hudson. I, I think at the moment they'll probably go with Crichton, Arrow, Liam Martin, Hudson, and there'll be another two spots. Oh, I there. just want to do a quick shout out. Um, remember how I was like, man, Kurt Catewell's form towards the end of the year. Just yep. falling off tackles, he needed a shoulder reconstruction. Of course he did. And as we said a few weeks ago, the amount of these guys that are playing injured that you would have no idea about yep. is insane. Yeah. So, you know, it, I, th- I think I did at one stage say it looks like he's injured or something's going on because he is not anywhere near his best. Uh, needed a shoulder reconstruction. So Broncos fans, um, I guess, cut Kurt a, little, Kurt a little bit of slack. He could have got that shoulder reconstruction at any stage. He played through it. Um, yeah. yeah. So the article said that only one is expected to make the cut, <clears throat> but there's like 
That wasn't quoted by Mel. That wasn't quoted, but he was quoted saying, saying they're, they're in the both mix. in the mix. Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so look, Hudson, I, I think he's got to be in the squad. I really do. I think if he was playing at any Sydney club, he'd be getting so much hype. But because he's down in Canberra, he's just not getting the hype that he did. I mean, he's getting hype now because of, you know, we talk about him a lot. Um, that was a good little uh, Ricky Stewart impersonation there just quietly. What? Oh, there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Blame yeah, for anyone else. Yeah, blame for anyone else. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, look, uh, Sebastian uh, Tomokos, try. Incredible. We've already spoken about that. But I just thought that was a really good moment to let the, the wider NRL public know, like, this kid's a goer. He's a goer and he's a young, good centre. Um, I thought Savage, although, you know, he didn't set the world alight, I thought he did a lot of, like, had some good moments of coverage. Mm. I thought he was really safe at the back. I think he only had one error. Um, so although he wasn't absolutely killing it, all the little things that he needed to do right, he did right. Um, and, again, that's, that's a good show of maturity. Uh, I want to talk about Fogarty for a bit. Like, again, it is just so undeniable. A good, steady seven is needed in today's game. And he's probably the guy that's flown under the radar as far as this conversation goes. Mm. And I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't think he was as good as what people were saying at the start of the year. Mm. Um, and then you saw the Canberra Raiders, how they started the season, and Schneider came in, did a good job, but you could tell it just wasn't enough. I, I think that the how the Canberra Raiders have improved in the back end of the season since he came back has been criminally underrated. Mm. It's been so underappreciated. And I think the other thing with Fogarty you've got to remember is he's done it without a preseason as well. Yeah. yeah. Just the, the amount of times in that game where they stayed calm, got to their kick, kick chase, you know, then they went again, stayed calm, got to their kick, kick chase. Then he goes over for that try, which was a crucial try, got them back into the game. It is absolutely crazy that he was let go by the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy for Jamal because he's now playing finals footy. He's in the second week of finals footy. He may go to a prelim. And he's the, 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 the good thing about Fogarty is that this pairing with Wyden is just getting started. This is just the first year. Matter of fact, it's not even a year. He's been playing for half a year with Wyden. Um I mean, it's no shock when you have a look at this entire, you know, all the six teams that are left, they've all been teams that have had their halves, their entire spine essentially sorted from round one. Mm. They all knew it was going to be. Obviously, the Raiders have had to make changes because of injuries, but they knew Fogarty was always going to be their guy. The Bunnies, they've stuck with Elias the entire season. It's all yeah. paid dividends. The Sharkies, obviously stuck with their halves. The rest of the, you know, even the Cowboys, like, I thought the Cowboys were crazy not to play Drinkwater at six at the start of the year. Mm. Todd Payton chose his guys. He stuck with them. And you've got this six, these six teams left at the end. Whereas you look on the other side of the park, you have got the Melbourne Storm who, granted with injuries, but they had to chop and change their spine the entire year. Roosters chopped and changed their seven mm. and six all year. Didn't quite ever find – well, I think at the back end they found what they needed. But, uh, yeah, credit to these six sides. Well, I mean, look at Raiders. Like, they're not even settled on their spine. Like, Savage is a rookie and Zach Wolford has been in and out. Yeah, you know, so like, I'm I'm quite uh, excited about the Raiders' future. I really am. If they can nail down that nine position, Savage gets more experience. All of a sudden, you have this core of a side. I will say, you know, we've been pushing for Adam Elliott at 13 for so long. I will say, I'm just a bit worried how they get a proper, well, a good 13 to replace Adam Elliott. Yeah, I think he'll be missed. And I think I don't know for sure, but I know that he's going for scans today on that injury. Mm. 
Uh, if he's ruled out, I think you'll, you'll fuck. They're, they're, they'll be a very different team without him. Yeah, he just gets through be a so much huge work. Huge loss coming into this game. Yeah, what an incredible win by the Raiders and just Ricky Stewart. His ability to turn this club around. They went one from seven to start the year. They come out. They are now in the second week of the finals. Absolutely incredible. I also want to give a quick shout out Corey Horsburgh. I thought he was really good when he came on. Got through a mountain of work. Just brought energy. Um, just like just exactly what you want your bench player to do. Come on, get through a bunch of work, bring that energy, lift the boys up, uh, and he did his job outstanding. I think that if he was on the other team, you got a very different football game because mm. they, they really lacked someone like him coming off the bench, the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Someone like him coming off the pine for them, I, I think it would have been very different. But, yeah, obviously we've spoken about, you know, as you said, replacing someone at 13. I would assume if I'm the Raiders, they did start this season with Elliot Whitehead in the 13. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that again next year which mm. you'll probably see CHN start on an edge so I'd much rather have Adam Elliott don't get me wrong it'll be a big loss but they can cover it pretty nicely yeah I mean they've got a great forward back and as, as we said that spine's only just getting started so amazing stuff Raiders fans congratulations what an incredible season even if they lose next week what a year what a year and what exciting times at the club Exciting times. Great time for Timmy to take a holiday. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we didn't. Sorry, guys. Off the top. Uh, Timmy's away, but he will be back next week. It's a special episode because it's brought to you by none other than the Rugby League Guru, the great Gurino. And you may be saying as you look at me, Beak, you are looking hot today. And I say... Thanks, bro. I do look hot. And you know why I look hot? Because I am wearing the great Rugby League Guru shirt. That is right. You go to rugbyleagueguru.com.au. You can grab yourself a Rugby League Guru shirt. If you enjoy this show, he is, he is a part of this show. So you want to support the great Gurino. And as I said, if it can make me look hot, it can make anyone look hot. But I've got the great Gurino here. How you going, brother? Good, mate. You're pulling it off. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. It's fantastic. I'm, you know, feeling good, looking good, podcast good. They always say that. They always, always say that. Always said it. Yeah, if you want to buy a T-shirt or a hat, uh, rugbyleagueguru.com.au. We've got the print on the back as well there. Looks mate. like better from the back, Kempi, just quietly. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. And then I turned around and she was like, ooh. My, my nose literally nearly poked her eye out. Um, but it's about my personality. It's about my personality. So rugbyleagueguru.com.au. Grab a shirt, guys. They're, they're, they're great shirts. Comfy, easy to wear. I'll be wearing mine to the gym later. Uh, and it supports the great Gurino. So rugbyleagueguru.com.au. It's the best way to support Guru. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.